What's up, folks? Ken Ledesma here with a new episode of TNE. And uh, what's we got uh, Jay Jamal on this episode, the after the Royal Rumble. What's up, Jay, man? Green Eye, What's going on, nerds? Nerd it's everyone in between. I am your co-host, Jay Jamal. Hey, at long last, I've ascended. No. I'm so damn mad I heard this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I know exactly how Vegeta would look. He was just sitting there just looking at the camera. Bang! Yes, sir. I send it, bro. No. See, you should be asking what you mean by that. And I'm going to tell you. I have leveled up my awareness to the occultness of the Matrix. <laughs> now you should be saying man what you mean by this shit bro thank you thank you finally now you, now you get my drift all right all the cut mean is hidden concealed secret uh, to cover over to hide beyond the range of public understanding and when you study further it also deals with how the left hand side uses magic alchemy and astrology. The left hand side is the wicked workers of evil. And the right hand side is the righteous workers of good. So this season finale would be very entertaining. Stay until the end and have your screen record ready to capture the jewels I am dropping. Because I'm finna drop a lot today. This finna be the most controversial episode ever. We might get deleted. We might get took it down, bro. <laughs> well, been a good ride. <laughs> might say, fuck, I might say this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. What we what we talking about today, man? I don't know. You know how that shit go. Every time you come on, I just follow your lead. Shit. Man, I don't never have shit to talk about. Man, man come on this the Jay Jamal experience, bro. God that <laughs> look, bro. Every time I, I keep telling you, every time you come on there, hell look, I'm just gonna follow what you talking about. Well, good thing I got a lot of shit to talk about. So mm-hmm. This dynamic dialogue will consist of a health bit that will give you, give you earth origins juice to electrify, cleanse, and revitalize your toxic-ass body, mind, and spirit. I got a segment shouting out the top five cities that tune in weekly. You know we got to do a review on the Royal Rumble. And I'm going to do a review of the Book of Clarence. Good-ass movie, by the way. Hey, speaking of books... I'm gonna drop some rules. I asked you what's that movie good. That's the movie with Lakeith Stan uh, Stanfield in it. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like at first, I didn't like it, but it had to. It had to digest. It had to simmer. I had to use my, my third. Name. Yeah, I had to use my third eye. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, that movie good as hell. I ain't gonna lie. Speaking of books, I'm gonna drop some jewels from a book I've been studying all month, and it's titled "Are Y'all Ready?" This was gonna get us banned. Masonry. Conspiracy Against Christianity by A. Ralph Epperson. <laughs> oh, I, know, I know this is saying, ooh wee. <laughs> and That's lastly, right, bro, we gonna, you know we got to talk about the election year, bro. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all I got to talk about today, man. Them, them six topics. So, yeah. What do I got to talk about? I don't got shit. Man. Uh... Oh yeah, I do got some. So, bro, 
ain't know actually becoming a uh a streamer took so much like work and food yes. set up. Yes, you know that. Fool, I thought I thought when you became a streamer, you record your gameplay and you had your webcam on and you just play the fucking game. Oh hell Bruh. no. Fool. <laughs> I didn't know that like you gotta have this shit set up for when you have people subscribing, following, sending bits, like ev- like literally everything that you gotta do, like to have your stream look like a professional stream, bruh, and look like how it's supposed to look. Bruh. That shit. Homework, bro. Do your homework. I did. Why you think it took me two days to even get my stream even set up? <laughs> I let me. I want to play Tekken so bad, <laughs> bro. I you turned that down on. Shut up. You gonna get it right now? I told you you gonna get it. Um. Uh. 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 What I about to say? Oh yeah, I turned that home on to want the Tekken jukebox because you know they be having all the like from each Tekken game. They have um, all the music from each Tekken game, even the console and the arcade version of the of the of game music. I like so my, one of my favorite Tekken is Tag Tournament Two. Mm-hmm. They came out like back in the day. I be going to that hole. I like this shit. Sound, I'm, like, I'm gonna make this my main music. Like I change like the way my Tekken sound is not the default Tekken Eight, bro. My shit sound Tekken Tag Two in here. Like you you playing that game again? My my customized the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, like. But like I ain't real, bro. Fool, I ain't realized that shit was that um set up a stream is like that much work into it. Ooh, like yeah, I really, yeah. this, I this really didn't another, know that. It's another job, but you can have fun doing that hoe. And like you at FedEx or nothing. But it, I know that it's definitely like work, the the part. Like like here, here's the thing with it. Like when you do the the podcast, I mean when you uh. Do the stream like once you actually set up everything, had your stuff, they your alerts on and everything. You don't have to do it no more. Oh, all you gotta okay. do is all you gotta do is turn on your stream, and everything that you already did is set up. You don't have to do this shit no more. It's, it's just shit, the point of for, man. do this shit. No, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm saying it's just the point. I ain't like it just blew my mind how much you had to do just to, in order to get ready to stream. Oh hell yeah, man! That's the part that's blowing my fucking mind. And who's to say I start streaming because like I'm a, I got a setup where I'm gonna stream on I'm gonna use Streamlabs, but through Streamlabs I'm gonna I'm gonna stream to YouTube and Twitch at the same time. So who's to say that I don't even have somebody even watching the stream? So I'm gonna be talking to myself until I get them followers up. You know what I'm saying? But I don't care. I do this shit, bro. I be at the house playing the game talking to myself anyway. <laughs> My fool, it's all about practice, bro. The more you practice, the better you'll get at this shit. Man, you, you know how me how me you and Carl used to play the game. We be sitting there making all the noise and talking to each other. You shit. be doing all this shit like it's other people in the room. I'm like, fool, yes, <laughs> fool. I be in this before I be in this whole like straight out loud talking to myself like how I'm talking to you. That's how we talk to the game. I'm like, man, this whole cheating, bro. Like I be I be real there in this whole like uh, imaginary friend having an ending. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> man, granny, my hands got on my man. Man, what was that cartoon, bro? Oh, they used to be on Cartoon Network. What, well, Foster's Home for American Yeah, what was the, the main character, the little, little boy name? I forget the nigga name. What's his name, Max? Mac-ass nigga? Max-ass nigga? Man. They might. I said, don't like telling niggas, man. Hey, man. You walked into that one, bro. 
But I'm just saying, like, so I ain't tripping. Like, I'm actually ready to do this shit. This shit consuming, man. Y'all like my shit. Man, but uh, once, you, once you get this shit down, pay you gonna be like, cause like you said, once you doing one, she ain't gotta do it again. This shit already gonna be set up. So yeah, and I got I like the way I got my string set up. Like one of my favorite games, I realized it's Cyberpunk. So I got the whole Cyberpunk thing. Like the way I got it customized, shit is just like the Cyberpunk game and shit. Like so, this shit my string will be my shit shirt. I can't wait to see this man get his ass beat live. Oh, you gonna see a lot of that because. <laughs> cause, because this dude taking some some different shit. I be looking at this. I'm like, I, mean, I don't know. Then hey, hot chain in there either. I'm like, oh shit, I don't know how I'm finna. But nine out ten, what's the nigga name? Was it Dragonoff? Man, that man so damn cold. Dragonoff so fucking cold. That man did like a one forty one damage combo. I said, God damn. See, Dragonoff always been good in Tekken though. That's that's the thing about that man. He man, always crazy. That man be doing simple ass animations and that shit be doing hella damage. I'm like, and that shit be out. That shit effective as hell. I'm like, this man be doing that uh, 1970 fighting. Nah, that shit called effective. He do effective fighting. That's what, what I'm saying. Shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, 9 out of 10, I'm going to end up playing with Reyna, uh, Heihachi's daughter, because she slick fight like him, and like she got the electric like him. She got some of his same move, but she got her, new, her shit with it too. So, I'm going to see how hard it is to play with her, but uh, I know, I'm still on a demo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fool, I'm gonna rub that shit in, fool. <laughs> Friday, you gonna have that whole bro. All right, cool. Well, you, you gonna keep you gonna that shit till Friday. Man, they don't have to put this man on fucking silent. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Oh, shit, man. Let's go and get the show started, man. Well, we already did get the show started. We talked about it. Man, dumb head. Go and get started, bro. Uh, nah, you gonna go with your... Do you have anything you wanna talk about? Nah, that was my, my, shit, my shit gonna be the whole show. So. <laughs> Man, do this shit because uh, it's stuff I can take care of. And, and all right, well, shit. Let's go and start out with the most the most controversial topic. The shit that's gonna do numbers, presumably. All right, so what's today? The twenty eighth. I bought this book. I forget the exact date, but it was this month. It was the beginning of the year. It's called uh, Masonry: Conspiracy Against Christianity. Evidence that the Masonic Lodge has a secret agenda. And it's by A. Ralph Epperson, Caucasian man. He looked, I got a picture of him in his book. It was published in 1997. According to the picture, he looked like he late 50s or whatever. So, the back of the book, it says, Worldwide Freemasonry claims to ordain kings and shape the destinies of worlds. Yet, few in the world know anything about it. They also claim to be the most powerful organization in the land. Yet, even the average Mason would deny this statement is true. Reason being because when you are going to the book, he shows how when he did, he did like 12 years of research. And when he did go and uh, present his research to fellow Masons, they are either denied or they don't know what he's talking about. Or they act like they don't, he don't know what they're talking about. And in some cases, they really did don't know what he's talking about. And I'm going to explain that further on along. All right. Now, for the first time ever, someone not a member has revealed that these claims are true from their own literature. That what made me want to buy this book. Because you know how Kevin taught us on how to study. Like you got to you know, match up your references. And if you use references from that, like, your enemy on literature that they pretty much tell the truth. That's like the perfect source. All right. Mr. Epperson has gleaned 
the truth from his reading of 29 of their key books, 29 books, by 12 of their top writers, 12 writers, top writers at that, and is making their research available to the reading public for the first time in nearly 6,000 years of their history. So they basically, this organization basically been since the beginning of time, basically. And what he has found is that there is a reason that the world has not heard of masonry. He has discovered that masonry has a secret agenda, and that is out to destroy Christianity. You will also learn why the secret goal has been internationally kept from the overwhelming majority of their members. It is time for the people of the world to learn just what the Masons believe in, because we are not going to like the future that they have planned for us. So that's the back of the book. I read that. I said, this sounds like this is going to be interesting. So before I go any further, you got any questions? No, before I, I start off? All right. So it, it ain't going to be long. It's going to be short. This book is like over 40 chapters. It's like under 400 pages, but it's very, very good information. Did you read the whole book yet? I read the entire damn book. I mean, I got footnotes keynotes all kind of stuff marked throughout this book and i'm gonna tell y'all this man ain't lying reason why i know he ain't lying because he quoted morals and dogma and i'm gonna explain what that is for you later but basically that's they that's if i can explain it in a simple way that's kind of like their version of the bible that's their bible mm. and uh the quotes he he quoted matches up exactly what's in the original book because the book was put out in the late 1800s I got the exact year. I'm going to get to it later, though. But, yeah, man. So, what I'm going to do is he got a chapter. In, uh, his chapter 39 is called Summary. So, in his summary, he got, like, 11 key points that sum up his whole book. And I'm going to go over that. And it's going to be it. That's going to be it. That's going to be the whole segment. Just going over the summary. Because I ain't trying to make this too long. All right. So, it says. Well, before I get to that, I'm going to explain to you what morals and dogma is. I'm going to explain a little bit of the book. So, what page you got to go to? 353. All right. All right, so this is page 353. The book by Ralph Epperson, entitled Masonry, Conspiracy Against Christianity, is perhaps the most well-documented of all the books by any anti-Masonic writer. He read the works of 12 of the major Masonic writers. So, I'm finna start naming them. It's the reason why I'm uh, reading this part including some of the works of Albert Pike. Albert, Albert Pike was one of their top writers. Like, he the one who wrote Morals and Dogma. He the one who wrote all the rituals. So he's, if not the top mason, definitely one of the top masons. You got Albert uh, Albert Mackey, Manly P. Hall, Carl Claudie, Henry, Henry Wilson Core, Kenneth McKenzie, Henry C. Clausen, and Rex Hutchins, all recognized Masonic scholars. So the reason I read that, so people can put a name with these claims, or these ain't even claims I'm making, I'm just reading the book, so take it how you want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so from there, I gotta go, okay, back to the summary. All right, 324. All right, so... After reading many of the works of the key Masonic writers, I, which is the author, can now say without reservation 
that the following is true. Number one, the Masons are a secret society. All right. So to prove that statement with this book, I'm going to go to page 45. All right. All right, here we go. So it says the book entitled Morals and Dogma was written in 1871. The year 1871. That was how many years? Seven, seven years after slavery got abolished. I think that's right. Anyway, sounds about right. Yeah. I so that's when the book was wrote, was written, and it was written by (laughs) it was written by Albert Pike. Albert Pike was the sovereign grand commander. So what that is, that's the Masonic equivalent of a president. So he basically was the president of the Masons. Uh, and what they they certain um group because it's three different ones he was the highest one it's called the scottish right of freemasonry and he got that rank he was the commander from 1859 to 1891 and that's the year he died they say he died in office but i ain't uh he don't go into detail how he died uh the full title of the book it's a long ass title so i'm gonna just tell you what it is morals and dogma of the ancient and accepted scottish right of Freemasonry prepared for the Supreme Council of the 33rd degree for the Southern jurisdiction of the United States and published by its authority. That's the whole title. (laughs) That means that this is the official Masonic literature written by probably the number one Mason of all time and published by the council as official information. Now, before I go and uh, further with this summary, I'm gonna give the readers or the listeners rather a more in-depth look into Albert Pike. So he was born in 1809, and he died while in office in 1891. So he lived to be what's that? 90? No, wait, 80, 81, 82. Either way, he became a 32nd degree Mason in 1853 and achieved the highest degree, the 33rd degree, in 1857. The meaning degrees would be discussed later. So between the years of 1855 and 1857, he was the prime author of all the rituals for the 33 degrees inside the lodge. So it might be helpful for the reader to know, or the listener, one particular fact about Albert Pike's activities during the time he was their sovereign grand commander. So, Henry Wilson Cole, another 33rd degree Mason, with the assistance of three other 33rd degree Masons, wrote Cole's Masonic Encyclopedia in 1961. So, he added this biographical insight into Mr. Pike's past on page 620 of his book. All right, so listen up. This one's going to get interesting. In May 1866, a group of returned veterans from the Civil War, which was ended in 1865, wink, wink, that's when, you know, slavery got abolished, and other young men of Pulaski County, Tennessee, undertook to organize a social or 
Recreational Society, the name Kuklos. And Kuklos is, is a Greek word that means band or circle. And it got promptly converted into what is now known as the Ku Klux Klan. So the same guy who wrote all the rituals for the Mason for the Masons, he was part of the KKK. He that basically made, he made the KKK, and it keeps going. And it says about that time, a body of bad Negroes and worse whites had begun a career of outrage against Southern whites. So it says these outrages were being orchestrated by a group called the Knights of the Golden Circle, the parent organization to the KKK. They are known as the Knights of the Golden Circle. I didn't know that. And I looked it up. Turned out to be fat. I'm like, hmm, interesting. The more you know. Hmm. So they created the problem and then solved the problem by creating the KKK. Ain't that crazy? <laughs> these folks caused the problem then they solved the problem with the KKK so the same he problem saw. they caused they caused a solution out there sound about white alright man now let, me, let me go a little further so it says Mr. Cole is not telling his readers the entire truth because the purpose of the Ku Klux Klan was not to be a social or rec recreational society, but was to be the organizer of an effort to create a second civil war after the first one had failed to achieve the goal of the bankers who had planned the war in the first place. Mm. It was these bankers who had created the parent organization of the KKK known as the Knights of the Golden Circle. It was these bankers who had planned the Civil War itself, and they created the Knights to stir up the issue of Civil War, meaning slavery. Their purpose was to make it the single issue of the war, and it was not. The bankers wanted a central bank, but the Knights were created to stir up the bitterness between the North and the South over slavery. It was this group that later created the KKK. I was like, damn. Them damn uh, Rothschilds and shit. Rockefellers, them damn bankers, man. That damn 1%. That damn 1%, man. So I just want to get that little info on him first. So the number one point was that it's a secret society, right? So what do I have written here? Oh, yeah. I got to keep going. Keep going. So what I'm finna do now, I'm finna start explaining the degrees, right? The rituals. Like how they they don't go, they don't call it ranking up, they call it degrees. Alright, so the book Morals and Dogma. It consists of 32 chapters, each one of which was written to explain one of the 30, 32 degrees of the Masonic order. There are drawings included, but they generally seem to have been added only as a filler 
rather than for assisting the reader in understanding the contents of the book. It is the reviewer's opinion that the book is boring and difficult to read. And it is my opinion, the, the author who wrote this book, is his opinion that this is intentional. The second layer of Masons believe that the born nature of the book will cause many of the Masons inside the first layer to not complete the book. And I'm going to explain second layer and first layer a little later. And that those diligent enough, those that want to join the second layer will read it in its entirety. So they made the book born on purpose type shit. Uh, where else I want to read from this? Oh, yeah, it's playing the degrees. Where is it? At? Where is it? Okay, here we go. There are three basic fraternal lodges inside the male only Masonic lodge system. You got the Blue Lodge, you got the Scottish Rite, and you got the York Rite. The base on which both the York Rite and the Scottish Rite stand is the Blue Lodge of Masonry. Meaning the blue lodge is basically the basic level. Then once you if once you complete that, you get a chance to go higher. That's the York Rite, and then that's the Scottish Rite. So this organization requires the new member to go through the three separate initiation ceremonies called rituals. And once the Mason has completed all three ceremonies, he can stop there should he choose to do so. He can remain in the blue lodge and call himself a master Mason, meaning that he will complete he will have completed three rituals inside the blue lodge he can call himself a third degree ma uh, master mason a member of the blue lodge should he choose to go further though he may do so but he has two options he can go into either or both of the two rights either the york right or the scottish right that i was saying earlier so the difference between the two is the York Rite has 10 more degrees for a total of 13. And the Scottish Rite has 29 more for a total of 32. The 13 and the 32 degrees inside the Masonic organization are earned by the initiate, meaning that he decides himself to go through their rituals. And there is one more degree on the top of both organizations called the 33rd degree. This degree is honorary, and the Mason must be invited to become a 33rd degree Mason. He cannot ask to become a member of that degree. Okay, all right, so to sum it up, I'm finna, this, this is where we finna get why they get to 32 and 33, all right? It might be interesting at this point to interject my opinion, the author opinion, as to why there are 32 and 33 degrees inside the Scottish Rite. Of Freemasonry, because I believe these are symbolic numbers concealing an important truth. All right, the human backbone has 32 vertebrae in it, and the vertebra that sits on top of it, the skull, would be the 33rd. The skull houses the brain, the seat of man's ability to reason. This fact will become significant later in this book. But this is why I believe that numbers 32 and 33 are, sim are symbols of a far more important truth. So that's, he believes that's why they get 32 and 33 from, because of the bones in your body. And the skull makes up the 33rd. The 33rd, you know, the skull sit on top. So everything they do is symbolic. They don't just do stuff to do it. And we know that.
Now, that was just one. <laughs> you got any questions for I move to number two? Nope. All right, so number two says, the typical Mason does not know the true nature of the organization he is in. And that's fucking dangerous. So to prove that point, I'm going to go to page 122 in his book. See, when you said that, I automatically thought about them black folks that be saying they Mason. I was like, bro, you don't really know what you exactly part of. Exactly. Because the thing is, side note, they be they do like community work and, and good stuff in uh their communities, like charity and all this stuff. But it's a it's two layers to it. You got an outer layer, that's the outer layer. The people that people see, the community, the giving back to charity and all this stuff. But it's an inner circle as well. And we're gonna learn about the inner circle today. All right. So like I said, um, my second point was that the ones inside Mason, most of them don't know what they're really worshiping or not worshiping well. And it goes to that, but you know. Anyway, let me get to my point. So when they're doing these rituals, right? It is a uh they get asked questions, right? So let me get to the paragraph. Here we go. So it says, and all three of these books report basically the same thing. He was going through three different books because this chapter is chapter 12 and it's entitled Light Seekers. So he's going to go into what the light is that the Masons are seeking. So he says, and all three of these books report basically the same thing. They're doing each of the first three rituals, the first three degrees that the initiates go through inside the Blue Lodge. The initiate is X by the worshipful, worshipful master. That's whoever's leading the high ranking or high degree at that time. The equivalent of the president of the lodge, the same or similar question. So they get asked this question. Want to go from the first degree to the second degree to the third degree. And their question is, what do you most desire? And the initiate responds in the first degree light in the second degree more light in masonry in the third degree further light in masonry so now me and you the reader the listeners we gotta be like okay what is light because the common person think okay light that, that must be knowledge right all right so let's see so it says the mason can now know exactly where this light or light comes from uh wait do i want to read that one do i want to skip up yeah i'll read that part it's fine the mason can know exactly where this light or light comes from by reading his book and the book they're talking about is morals and dogma it is to be remembered that the mason did not get this book until he has passed the 14th degree so he goes on to say um before he gets to this part when you're going through the degrees and stuff like that you the initiate they won't get the morals and dogma book until they reach the 14th degree that's when you begin the scottish right because you remember the, the york right is degrees four to uh 13 no yeah four to 13. once you reach degree 14 you now into the scottish right and now when you get to the 14th degree you begin to learn what exactly you're worshiping 
So you got to go through 13 other degrees to even know really what you're doing. All right. So let me get to this paragraph. So it says, where I leave off it? Okay, yeah. Let me reread this sentence. It is to be remembered that the Masons did not get this book until he had passed the 14th degree. So he did not have the answer as to where this light came from until he read this book. That also means that the Blue Lodge Mason, degrees one through three, was not officially told what this light was. He had to voluntarily ask to be included in the initiation ceremonies from the fourth through the 32nd degree before he found out. He was not to know unless he read the book because Mr. Pike, Albert Pike, gives him the answer in morals and, dog- morals and dogma. And all morals and dogma mean is conduct and princi- principalities, or principles rather. Conduct and principles. That's all that book means. After he reached a 14th degree. All right, y'all ready to know what the light is? And this is what it says. Pike identifies the source of light as coming from a light bearer. A light bearer. Who the light bearer, bro? I don't know. You don't know who the light bearer is? Hell no. Well, guess what? You and the listeners are going to find out today. So. Yeah, kids Abra- play stuff to me. All right. Oh, you finna get it. You finna know exactly who the light bearer is. <clears throat> so, Abra Pike wrote this on page 321 of Morse and Dogma. Lucifer, the light bearer. Strange and mysterious name to give to the spirit of darkness. Lucifer, the son of the morning. Is it he who bears the light? Doubt it not. And he repeats this throughout on page 324 when he says a devil, the fallen Lucifer or light bearer. It is true. The Masons acknowledge that the light that they are asking for comes from Lucifer, the light bearer, also known as Satan or the devil. The Masons seek light and Pike identifies the bearer of that light as Lucifer. In fact, the Mason is told to doubt it not. So this is in his own book. I ain't coming up with these words. He had the author of this book I'm reading ain't come up with these words. You can read more and dogma for yourself. I ain't coming up with nothing. So it goes on even further because this this one it get real interesting to me. Webster's defines the name Lucifer as meaning L for Latin, bringing light from Lucis, light plus Ferrer to bring. The dictionary then says Satan is identified with the rebel archangel before his fall. So Lucifer is Latin for light bringer or light bearer, the name of Satan before his fall. So the 14th degree Mason has just been taught that he is asking for light from the light bearer, who, according to the Bible, was a being who fell to the earth at the beginning of time. If the ancients believed that this fallen being was a God, they would have constructed a religion around around his worship. They would have decided to keep this worship secret from their fellow believers. So it could have been called the ancient mystery religion so that's why you be seeing all these tv shows about ancient aliens and all that bullshit (laughs) (laughs) so it says remember that the masons have connected themselves to an ancient mystery religion 
which means that they have connected themselves to the ancient worship of Lucifer. Hey man, don't don't hey don't kill me, kill the messenger. Shit. I mean, don't kill the messenger. Uh oh, uh oh, I was just about to say, don't don't, <laughs> don't kill the messenger, man. Just just kill the one who wrote the book, man. This this book, what over a hundred years old. Nobody so, said kill the message. I'm like, hey, nigga, you the one that <laughs> don't kill the message, man. Kill the one who wrote the original book. But there's even more. It's even more. Let there be no doubt about it. The light that the initiate masons ask for comes from Lucifer because he is the light bearer. In fact, he is told to doubt it not. And as we shall see a little later in this review, he is told that the light is good. Because the adept mason already believes that the light is good. He knows that the true knowledge of deity is that Lucifer is their God. Even more, we got some old quotes. And to show the reader that it is not Albert Pike alone as a mason who knows that Lucifer is the light bearer. Let me provide a quotation from Manly P. Hall book entitled The Lost Keys of Freemasonry. This quote by this 33rd degree Mason is another source for this belief because he wrote when the Mason learns the key to the warrior on the block is the proper application of the dynamo of living power. He has learned the mystery of his craft. So basically what they saying is what they seem to be saying is that the key to understanding the Masons is to know that the mystery is to know the mystery of the craft, which is knowing that the Masons has a warrior on his side. And the, and the quotation continues, the seething energies of Lucifer are in his hands. And before he may step onward and upward, he must prove his ability to properly apply energy. So, Lucifer is the warrior that the Masons must learn to control before he moves upward through the degrees inside the Masonic Lodge. Hey, that shit in black and white, bro. <laughs> what made you, uh... What made me buy this book? I'm going to tell you exactly yeah. what made me buy this book. I was just scrolling through X, bro. Just scrolling through my timeline. I followed this account. It's called Illuminati by he posts little uh little shit that make you think and uh like stuff that be going on in government and you know stuff like that because i find it real interesting to look into i found it entertaining and he made a post about this book he gave his own personal review about this book he said this book is a must buy for anybody who uh wants to get uh want, you know knowledge on masons and stuff like that so with me i always heard the name masons but and i i seen them myself like in person stuff like that yeah i even worked with one but i ain't never thought of them to be like uh what i found out to be like they worship lucifer and stuff like that i always had like my speculations but i never had like no proof because like like i said i seen them do you know community drives and charity and give back to the uh less fortunate and stuff like that but shit, as I read this book, we learned it's just that's just like a drug dealer. That's just a front. It's just like a drug dealer and having a laundromat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, that's mine. And then what made me really buy this book? That joint was only fifteen dollars on Amazon. I said, shit, why not buy it? And then I read the back of it, like the uh, synopsis. And I was like, shit. Why not? <laughs> 
because I'm trying to further my information about, you know, basically I'm trying to further my information about the enemy, bro. Like when a great man in war knows how to study his enemy in and out. That's one thing I learned. So to me, I feel like the more you know, the less you'll be surprised when shit happens. So, yep, that what made me buy the hoe, bro. Hey, man, why your voice been cracking the whole time you been talking? I ain't drinking no water this morning. This man going through puberty again. Nah, that shit always happen when I first wake up. Look, it's 10.30, man. I been up forever. I ain't drinking no water. I, I, I feel the mucus fucking rumbling in my throat. <laughs> man, you, you done got me off my top, man. I got a couple more points to go. I'm only on two. This show finna be long as hell. All right. Uh, yeah. So I want to get to... um. What I'm finna do is I got to take care of stuff, so you just keep talking. I, I'll be back to the mic. All right, cool. All right. So, yeah, I'm still on point number two. So I'm going to read this paragraph. There is one more way that the Masons can know that Lucifer is the god of their world, worldwide organization. You know what? Give me some water. Y'all, hold on one second. I think it's water. All right, shit, I'm back. Oof. Good water. All right, back to this paragraph. There is one more way that the Mason can know that Lucifer is the god of their worldwide organization, and that is by studying the symbol of the Eastern star. Now, I got a co-worker who informed me that his uh, mom is the Eastern star. So, uh, I hey, this was in the book. Yeah, I found it interesting. I was like, damn. So it says the Eastern Star is an auxiliary group primarily for women, separate from the male-only Masonic Lodge. This group may be joined by the wives, daughters, sisters, mothers, and widows of third-degree Masons. However, not only women may join this group. A male master Mason, meaning a third-degree Mason or higher, must preside at all of the meetings where degrees are conferred on their initiates. The symbol of the Eastern star, he goes to the symbol. It is a star with one point down and two points up. That means that the star is the reverse of the star that we traditionally see. The five-pointed star with two points down and one point up. The star on the American flag is the traditional one, with the star resting on two of its points. However, when you rotate it so that it rests on one point, you have the symbol of the eastern star. The meaning behind the symbology of the eastern star was discussed in a book entitled History of Freemasonry and Concordant Orders, written by a board of editors in the year 1890, this book was published by the Fraternity Publishing Company of London, England, but the articles inside the book were written by a total of 80 Masons, an editor, a European editor, 19 men on a board of editors, and 59 men called additional contributors. The book listed their names with a brief description of their Masonic affiliation and most of them came from the United States. However, 10 of them came from Canada and two from England. Nine of the board of directors and 17 of the additional contributors 
were 33rd degree Masons. So it is fair to conclude that this book, History of the Freemasonry and Concordant Orders, contains valid Masonic thought. There are at least two discussions of the star with one point down in these, pa in these pages. So here's the quote from History of Freemasonry and Concordant Orders that was written by 80 Masons, basically. This star, meaning a five-pointed star, represents God, all that is pure, virtuous, and good. When represented with one point up, this is, of course, the way we tr traditionally draw the, star, draw the star. But, however, when you turn down the star, it represents evil, all that is opposed to the good, pure, and virtuous. And fine, it represents the goats of Mendes, which is Baphomet. I'm not coming up with this. This is all in black and white. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> and I can't show y'all. He got a picture of the two stars, but clearly I can't show y'all that. So I'm going to read this part right here. This is a second quote, and it comes from page 101, and it's from the book called The Holy and Mysterious Pentagram. It is the star of the Maggie. The Maggie are defined as a priestly case of order of ancient media in Persia. Many Bible scholars believe that the Maggie who came to see the infant Jesus were not kings, but were in truth astrologers and or believers in the ancient mystery religion. All right. So he goes to say, when the pentagram elevates two of its points, meaning when it has one point down, it represents Satan or the goat of mysteries. And when it is ele and when it elevates one of its points only, meaning like the star on the American flag, it represents the savior, goodness, virtue. So I say all this to say the star of the Eastern star, according to 80 top Masonic leaders, represents Satan. One second. Okay. And the proof of this statement lies in the fact that the Church of Satan ran by or used to be ran by Anton LaVey uses both the pentagram with one point down and the goat of Mendes, the drawing of the goat inside a star with one point down in his rituals and in his written materials. So, yeah, man, that was, uh, oof. It was quite interesting. <laughs> Damn, this man ain't came back yet. I guess I'm just going to keep going. All right. That was on the first two points. Now I'm going to get to the third point of the summary. All right. Uh, where's the summary? 
summary is page 324. Okay. Number three. There are two layers inside the Masonic Lodge. A secret one and a visible one. And to prove this, I'm going to go to page 18 in this book. And it states, this is a quote from Manly P. Hall. And I'm going to give you a little insight on who Manly P. Hall is. So it says, there is no doubt that he is one, he being Manly P. Hall, is one of the key Masonic writers of all time. In fact, on July 7, 1985, when he was presented with a 25-year Masonic pen, the New Age magazine, the official journal of the Scottish Rite 33rd Degree Council, they call him one of America's foremost authorities on esoteric, uh, I hope I pronounced that right, philosophy. Later, after he died on August the 7th, 1990, the same journal, now it's called the Scottish Rite Journal, they call him the illustrious Manly P. Hall and said that he was often called Masonry's greatest philosopher. Their notice in his, ended with the comment that the world is a far better place because of Manly Palmer Hall and we are better persons for having known him and his work. So it can be fairly said that this man's opinions about Masonry are accepted as being valid by the Masons. And this is what he wrote, wrote. Freemasonry is a fraternity within a fraternity, an outer organization concealing an inner brotherhood of the elect. It is necessary to establish the existence of these two separate yet interdependent orders, the one visible and the other invisible. So the visible society is a splendid commodity of free and accepted men enjoined to devote themselves to ethical, educational, fraternal, patriotic, and humanitarian concerns. So, him saying it, sorry, I got a text. So with him saying that, he's saying that he had, he's acknowledging that these patriotic and humanitarian concerns that the public sees are front for something else. The Invisible Society is a secret in most August. And what they mean by August right here is it, it's defined as of majestic dignity or grandeur. So I'm going to replace August with grandeur. The Invisible Society is a secret and most grandeur fraternity whose members are dedicated to the service of a metidious arcanum arcandrum. And that word, I believe, is Latin and is defined as a secret, a mystery. So I'm going to read that instead of the Latin word. So the Invisible Society is a secret and most grandeur fraternity whose members are dedicated to the service of a secret, a mystery. Mm. 
Ooh-wee. I'm back. Oh, uh, you, boy, you, man, you came right when I explained the difference, the inner circle and the outer circle. You're going to have to edit this whole too. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I'm on number four. Number four. All right. The men in the second layer, this is what number four say. The men in the second layer, meaning the secret one, actually mislead their fellow Masons, meaning the first layer, to keep what they believe and from the average Mason. So basically, I'm gonna read I'm gonna reread that statement. The men in the second layer actually mislead their fellow Masons to keep what they believe in from the average Mason. So they lie to their own damn people. Mm. I just like Esau. Paul Cassidy. So to prove that statement, I'm going to go to page 77. And it reads. I actually got, I got a couple of quotes, actually. Hold on. Which one I want to, I got a lot. Which one I'm going to say? I'm just used to. I'm used to. All right. So it says, wait. Yeah, I'm just used to. It follows, therefore, that they would have the right to keep this knowledge from the less intelligent by the use of concealed secrets. They're talking about the ones who are above the lower ones. And as will be shown in other quotes from Mr. Pike's book, there are other Masons who are not able to understand the Masonic secrets. That is what the adept Masons, the adept Masons is the top ranking ones, have done. So the adept masons kept the secrets from those they deemed to be less intelligent masons. Mm, the Caucasity. Now my second quote is from who's this from? This is from Wars and Dogma, and it says, "So the adepts are concealing the truth from the world by using false explanations of the words." He wrote on page one hundred four in Wars and Dogma. This is a pipe quote. Masonry conceals its secrets from all except the adepts and sages or the elect and uses false explanations and misinterpretations of its symbols to mislead those who deserve only to be misled and to conceal the truth which it calls light from them and to draw them away from it. Ain't that some shit? Mm-mm. So, yeah. so this thought that the secrets of the Masons are concealed from even the majority of the Masons, and it is consistent throughout this book, as the reader is hopefully beginning to discover. All right. So, but the most startling discovery as to how they conceal the true meaning from their fellow Masons is the fact that Albert Pike writes that the adept masons simply lie to them he actually admits admits that the adept masons are intentionally lying to their fellow masons albert pike wrote this on page 819 in moors and dogma the blue degrees are but the outer court or the portico and portico means a covered porch so basically Mm. What he's saying is uh, the outer portion of the temple 
which is the Masons, they're not quite inside of it. So keep going. It says part of the symbols are displayed there to the parts of the symbols are displayed there to the initiate initiate, but he is in intent, but he is intentionally misled by false interpretations. So this comes out of his own book. It is not intended that he shall understand them, but it is intended that he shall imagine that he understands them. Their true explication is reserved for the adepts, the princes of masonry. Hmm. Ain't that some shit. And it also says, this last quote on, on number four. Yeah, I'm on number four. This is the last quote. So it says, Abra Pike repeated that Abra Pike repeated that thought in his book entitled, he got another book, and it's, and it's called Legenda, or Legenda, have you pronounce it? I think it's pronounced Legenda, which will be analyzed more in detail a little later in this book. This is what he wrote in his book Legenda. It was never intended that the mass of Masons should know the meaning of the blue degrees. They deceive and delude those who read their works. Masonry permits the utterance of false interpretations, which serves the double purpose of misleading the ignorant, the idle, and the indolent. Indolent means disliking or avoiding work or lazy, whom it is desirable to lead astray, and of indirectly indicating to the wise and the studious the true way of leading toward the light. Mm. So just to wrap up that thought, I'm just say this last little this last little piece the author wrote. He said it will assist the reader to remember that it was Mr. Pike himself who wrote the rituals to all of their 33 degrees. So if anyone knows that the adept masons lie to their fellow masons, it is Albert Pike. Drop the mic. <laughs> that shit crazy, boy. I right, read this shit. I said, man, these folks lie to their own selves. Them folks don't give a fuck. <laughs> All right, so my fifth point. It says the Masons lie in their own literature. So it's going to go into detail on three three different points that get A, B, C. So A, it says they claim not to be involved in politics, yet they shape the destinies of the world. B, they claim not to be interested in the in affairs of the state, yet they take oaths to destroy it. And C, they claim to hatch no premature revolutions, yet the Masons aided in bringing about the French Revolution. I said it, and I'm finna prove it. With this book, page 67. Where are we at? So I'm going to go right here to this part of the book. This is in chapter two. And this chapter is all about the mind of Albert Pike. So it says, however, Mr. Pike in his book takes the contrary position. He clearly states that they are involved in fomenting revolutions all over the world. He states this on page 330 of Moors and Dogma. Masonry hatches no premature revolutions. Notice that the Masons hatch no premature revolutions. 
that means that they wait until it is the proper time to hatch a revolution. Yet, the Masons officially are quick to point out that they are not involved in politics. But here, Albert Pike points out that they are indeed a political organization, hatching revolutions when the time is ripe. In fact, Albert Pike says on page 24 of Morals and Dogma that Masonry aided in bringing about the French Revolution. So apparently the hatching of this revolution was deemed not to be premature. In other words, the Masons felt it had to occur and they hatched it. And the reason that the world does not notice that they are actively hatching revolutions was stated by Kenneth McKenzie. And this is his quote. Freemasonry works in secrecy, but it's benignant. Benignant means kindly, kindly to inferiors, but its benignant fruits are visible in all lands. That goes back to what I was saying earlier, like how you see them doing all type of good stuff in the community, but it's an inner circle that's doing evil. They the ones who run in government, run in religion, and run in the economics. And their main goal is to have anarchy ran across the world, bro. Anarchy means it ain't no laws going on. Anybody can do what they feel is right. Mm-mm. Yes, sir. Uh, I bet the whole time I was, I bet the whole time I was downstairs getting this shit ready. You just, you just saying all types of shit I missed. Oh, you can go back. Um, basically, I was just explaining the the inner and the outer. But you can you go back and listen to this shit. You want time? I'm, I am. I'm gonna go back and listen to it when I'm editing. My green hair. <laughs> All right, man. My last two points. I got last two points, and I'm done with this topic. It says the secret knowledge kept from the average mason is twofold. Number one, the God inside the lodge that they pray to is called the great architect of the universe. And as you keep reading this book, you'll learn that the great architect of their universe is Lucifer, also called Satan, the devil. And number two, the single secret inside the lodge is that the 30th degree Mason takes an oath to destroy Christianity, whether the initiate sees it or not. So, to prove... Well, I just said, according to his book, I'm going to go to a part of his book where it says, okay, all right, here we go. So here's the oath, and this is a quotation. So it says, the Mason takes at least two oaths, the first at the 18th degree and the second at the 30th degree. So this is the one at the 18th degree. Kneel with us, then my brother, and unite with us in imploring the assistance, protecting and supporting of him to whom we owe our being. Talking about Satan. And to who alone can make darkness light and bring the tyranny of evil to an end. The candidate then kneels on one knee before the general commander or the grand commander rather, who says to him, my brother, 
you desire to unite yourself to an order which has labored in silence and secrecy for more than 500 years for the attainment of a single end. So here, the Masons acknowledge that they have only one goal, one that I believe I have found and will reveal a little later in my book. That's what the author said. So it says, in which it has yet only partially succeeded. So the author says they have been working at it, but the day of final victory is still in the future. And to which, if you join us, you must devote yourself. And then he takes the following oath. This is the oath that 30th degree Masons take. Do you promise and swear by all that you hold most dear and sacred that you will hereafter consider yourself the soldier of truth, justice, order, law, and suffering humanity, and that you will wage continual, continually war by, by all legitimate and proper means that may comport with the character of a mason, a knight, and a gentleman. So the, pay, the point he highlighted was you will wage continual war. So the author said, I would like to interrupt the quotation at this point to remind the reader that the Mason has been taught that there are no more absolutes by that, meaning that they don't they don't go by no rules. You know, when they, you know, when they say there's only one rule, there's no rules. That's the Masons. <laughs> All right, and it says, and that often <laughs> one man and many men must be sacrificed in the ordinary sense of the term to the interest of the many. Hold on, say it again. I would like to interrupt this quotation at this point to remind the reader that the Mason has been taught that there are no more absolutes and that often one man and many men must be sacrificed in the ordinary sense of the term to the interest of the many. This teaching now has extra importance when the Mason is told that he is involving himself in the waging of a continual war. He is telling the Mason how they are to fight the quote-unquote war. Now, back to the quotation. Against all tyranny over the mind or body, temporal or spiritual, and all ignorance, ignorance, fraud, and wrongdoing. So yeah, bro. <laughs> it's, a, it's a war out here, bro. It's always been a war out here. Yes, sir. And I think that's it. And this book goes into a whole lot of more shit, man. But I just want to go off his summary on the little key points he he summed up with his book. Mm-hmm. Man, shit, I, I didn't read this, so I didn't put my footnotes all in and shit. So if you want to read it, I can get it to you because I'm done reading it, shit. This man a scholar. They fool. Go on that thing. Woo. Yeah, they're going to be mad at that shit. <laughs> and that concludes my segment on masonry. So, hey, like I said, this ain't my opinion. I simply read a book I found was entertaining and I shared it with TNE. Man, this basically, this basically was your episode. What the name did you <laughs> Oh, I called it. You might laugh. J Jamal ascended. That's the name of this episode. All right, man. I don't like the name. You know I keep. I love this. I keep. 
<laughs> like that, yo. Damn, and I still I got what five more topics to talk about. Shit, let's get it then. We got to we got to speed through this. I gotta I gotta be about to help. All right, well, let's speed through it. All right, so the top five cities. So I decided to look at the analytics and give a shout out to the top five cities that tune in weekly, bro. So this is y'all. Hold on, before 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 we get into that side note, hey, bro, do 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 the Apple uh analytics be fucking up for you? Like like you still you still be logging in looking at that? I ain't seen the Apple one, but I did see it one time. This year, I'm like, what the hell? She lower here, bro. That <laughs> bro, that like that. Do I'm saying like that? That ain't. Okay, so it ain't just me. It's just some bullshit going on. All right, keep going. Yeah, it's some bullshit going on. But uh, so I'm gonna start number one. The number one. Well, I'm gonna start at number five. I'm gonna start from the bottom and work up. So the number five city that listen to T N E. And when I say this, you're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Because I'm gonna let you know, we do have the government listening to us, and I got proof. Number five. The number five top city that listen to us is Boardman, Oregon. And then it got a pinpoint to exactly where the people be listening to, right? So when I did my mm-hmm. research, the pinpoint was at the Naval Weapon System Training Facility Boardman. Informed, Man, what the fuck? Exactly. Informally known as the Boardman Bombing Range. It is a military installation south of Boardman, Oregon in the United States. It is used by NAS Whidbey Island as the principal training grounds for testing, basically, fighter jets. I seen that. Man, I after, yeah, I know. Man, look, after this episode, they will get us the fuck up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. <laughs> hey, and it's just number five. All right, so number four is San Jose, California. That's that cold shit. And uh, I, they, I looked at to where the pinpoint was exactly dropped. It was exactly dropped at St. James Park. So St. James Park is a park downtown in San Jose, California, apparently. But when I did my research of St. James Park in San Jose, California, I found something very, very interesting. So in 1933... Two men were accused of kidnapping and murdering Brooke Hart, and they both were lynched in St. James Park. Since then, a road and a light track, hold on, a road and light track, light rail tracks have been added, bisecting the park, and it's now a popular gathering spot for the homeless population of San Jose. I was like, "What the fuck?" And I found the article. In 19, uh, actually, a newspaper article in 1933 explaining like why they got lynched. So I know we short for time, so I ain't gonna go over it, but I'm gonna just say the men that got lynched, they were not black, they lynched some white men. I was shocked, and I seen the pictures of them getting lynched. Like, it's one picture, and you see the actual white man getting lynched, like high as hell on the tree. I didn't know white folks got lynched back then. I was like, damn. The more you know, and I'm gonna see that link because I know we short for time, and I can't uh-huh. read the story, but it's it's very interesting. So I'm I'm gonna send it to you so you can read it. All right, going on. Number three is <laughs> you ain't gonna believe this. Our own hometown, bro. Our own exact White Haven, bro. Around the airport area to be exact. I'm famous. Hey, fool. We, 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 hey, Memphis showing love, bro. They number three. I'm surprised. 
Man, me too. What's the name of that book that you that you read? Mason Masonry. Masonry Conspiracy Against Christianity by by Ralph Epperson. <clears throat> so yeah, man, I got a fun fact. Uh, I never uh-huh. been to Elvis House or the Heartbreak Hotel, even though I grew up gotcha. one street away from it. But see, most people that's from Memphis, they be like, be like you been in Grayson? They be like, man, hell no, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Christianity. I've been to his house on a field trip, though. All right. All right, number two. Robert Pike. We got um, Robert Pike. No, what are you talking about? Oh, that ain't his name, dude, who wrote the book. It's Ralph Epperson, bro. Ralph. R-A-L-P-H Epperson. E-P-P-E-R Son. And it's a, it's a blue book. And you're going to see masonry at the top. And it's going to say conspiracy against Christianity in the middle. It's well, on Amazon. Where the Robert Pike from? I don't know either. But it's on Amazon for 15 bucks, unless they, they up the price on it. Huh? He got some other books, too, that, I, that I'm going to try to buy. Bro, he got a book called A New World Order that I can't find nowhere, bro. I think they, he got a book called A New World Order where he go in on America. And I can't find that hole nowhere. No, I get rid of that hole. What's the top two cities? Hold on real quick. Yeah, see, he done walked off. All right, so uh Yeah, to this this episode, like I said, I don't know what all he talked about. Oh, I'm gonna man. go back and listen to it. I done listen to everything. All right, uh number two, Cheney State Park. In Cheney, Kansas. What is it? So that's in that's kind of like sixteen miles away from Wichita, Kansas. Mm. So basically, Cheney State Park is a getaway reserve, and it caters to like campers and those alike. And the lake at Cheney is known for its dependable winds and draw. <clears throat> ah, shit! <laughs> <laughs> I felt the mucus right there. Yeah. Right, the lake at Cheney is known for its dependable winds and draws sailboaters and windsurfers from around the country. So Cheney State Park is great for water sports, fishing, wildlife, bird watching, wildlife watching, parasailing, and hiking. I got another fun fact. I parasailed my wife in Destin, Florida two summers ago. It was fun. <laughs> Y'all went to Destin, Florida? Yeah, about two summers ago. We parasailed, bro. We was like hundreds of feet in the air, bro. And we just above the ocean. And I'm just just staring at creation, just soaking it all in, bro. So that's the number one place where TNE began playing? Uh-uh. Number one. That was number two. Number one. Oh. The number one place TNE get played from. And it's going to blow your mind. Ashburn, Virginia. Ashburn, Virginia it's the data center capital of the world because an estimated 70 percent of the planet's internet traffic flows each and every day through their data centers so data isn't just stored on a cloud it's stored at a physical location too because a physical location is required for all network computer servers and i must mention it is about 34 miles from washington washington dc which is america's capital wink wink which, to close out this segment, bro, I got a question for you, bro, and it's going to blow your mind. When 
or not even when, but uh, yeah. When we delete photos, where do they go? Don't they don't they just get deleted off the uh the phone and all that type of shit? But once you, do, once you delete off the phone, where do it go? I thought it was just gone. Nope. Pictures are never truly really deleted, bro. From what I what I found. So they still able to go in there yep. and recover what you deleted. Exactly. <laughs> I found this shit out. And that's it. Like, I will go into it, but we sure for time, bro. Yeah, so this one I'm going to do. Because uh, I got to get up out this joint. All right, so we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to edit this part out that I'm saying. But what we're going to do is, I'm going to talk about, like, when I get to the house tonight, I'm going to talk about the Royal Rumble recording. And then you can, like, record yourself, putting your tools in on Royal Rumble. And then I just put it in the show. All right. And do that shit like that. Shit, all right. Damn. Man, we done did all this, man. It's basically about Mason's. I still got plenty of shit. Man, you ruined the show. <laughs> Look, man. Look, the folks ruined the show. Ruined the show. No. I got I got responsibilities. No, nah, I feel you though, man. But shit, man. Hey, it is what it is, man. But shit, hey, you, you made gave me less topics to talk about next time. Shit, I already got topics made up. It's cool. Nah. I got one, nah. two, I got three topics already for next time. Come on, TNT. Cool. And that's a month from now. Hell yeah, yeah. Let's work. I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm all for this shit. Well, I'm going to go on and get up out of here. Like I always say at the end of the show, uh, I appreciate everybody who tune in to TNT every week, who listen to it, new and uh, real current listeners. I appreciate y'all. Y'all making me like what I do. Uh basically a dream come true. So I appreciate y'all. And uh I'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.